You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals, Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. from 75, 80 to 100,000 people. That's a horrible thing. We shouldn't lose one person over this. This should have been stopped in China. It should have been stopped. But if we didn't do it, the minimum we would have lost is a million two, a million four, a million five. That's the minimum. So the rising projections coming out of, uh, of our own government as to how many people are going to die from this thing and the stunning report that came out while we were on the air yesterday, one report saying that we were going to increase in deaths per day, leading up to a peak on June 1st of 3,000 deaths per day. That would be roughly double what we've got going on now. So in three weeks or so, we'll have roughly double. And going from about 25,000 cases a day to 200,000 cases today, which has a lot to do with the number of tests available. But that, uh, that, that, that hit a lot of people, got a lot of attention yesterday when that story came out. Of course, everybody pushed back against that, it seems. Right, yeah. The White House, uh, and I tried to find it. I don't have it in front of me, but uh, Dr. Birx and company essentially said, look, that was not vetted by us. We haven't agreed that's true. That was one thing that was put in front of us that was leaked, and we're not buying it. We don't think it's legit. It's wrong. It's crazy. And that was my reaction to it yesterday. That's just in defiance of everything that's known. Uh, you know, and listen, everybody's been wrong once. I might be wrong on this one, but th- that I think that's nuts. 
And so there was another major government um, uh, projection out there that had it at, I think, 875 a day on June 1st. So they're obviously using completely different models to plug their numbers into. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah, I'll, I'll find the, the stuff that the White House actually said. But, you know, I'm looking at the New York Times, which, again, for whatever reason, lefty pub- publications just want this to be as bad as possible. Um, this, I swear, I'm, you know me, I'm a First Amendment extremist. I'm for suspending the license to publish of the New York Times. Of course, the idea of a license to publish is a nightmare for people like me, but this is, this is journalistic malpractice of the worst sort. Headline, infection rates show the threat of coronavirus is not fading. The U.S. is seeing at least 25,000 new cases per day, an increase of two to four percent. That is so incredibly dishonest and misleading. That's not based on constant levels of testing. That's reflective of an increase in the level of testing. That's incredibly dishonest. It is, it is. If you test twice as many people, you're going to get twice as many cases if the number of cases holds steady. There's only there, there's only two ways to come up with headlines like that. Either whoever's doing it is just like really ignorant of the way the statistics work, what you were just talking about. Um, we're testing a lot more people now than where we were before, so of course the number of people testing positive went up. That doesn't mean there are more cases around. Uh, or you either don't know that, or you're doing it on purpose, which is how, how actually do you not know that. I think that's actually worse than being stupid. Uh, is that you're doing it on purpose to scare people? That that's you know that's not a good business to be in. When you talk about deads, at least you have some level of belief that it's uh, somewhere close to true, even though that one can be a little fudgy also. But at least you're getting a lot closer than the the number of tests that right. are being done. Yeah, that's just just awful. Um, so yeah, this, uh, the New York Times went big on an internal Trump administration report, expects about 200,000 daily cases by June. Um, and uh, again, the White House pushed back and said, no, that's, that's just one of the things, one of the, we asked for reports from all sorts of people. That's one of the ones we got. We think it's nuts. So I don't, what are we supposed to do with that? I don't know. What most people are doing it, I, with it, I suppose, is ignore it. Yeah, I think that's probably appropriate. Hey, on the question of the deaths, let's see. I'm trying to find that uh, that quote. Oh, hey, uh, get the get clip number seventy ready, Sean. We will only need like the first forty seconds, forty five seconds or so of it, but you might find this interesting. Uh, go ahead and hit it. People dying of COVID. So oh, I'm sorry. Can you pause it? This is the uh, chief uh, medical gal for the state of Illinois. Go ahead. People dying of COVID. So. The case definition is is very simplistic. It means at the time of death, um, it, it was a COVID positive diagnosis. So that means that if you were in hospice and had already been given, you know, a few weeks to live, and then you also were found to have COVID, that would be counted as a COVID death. It means that if um, it technically, if even if you died of a, clear alternate cause, but you had COVID at the same time, it's still listed as a COVID death. So um, everyone who's listed as a COVID death doesn't mean that that was the cause of the death, but they had COVID at the time of death. I hope that's okay. helpful. Okay, who that's was good. that saying that? That's, uh, she's the, the, some, I don't know her, her formal title, but she is the woman speaking for the Department of Health for the state of Illinois. And I was told by the dispatch yesterday, reading their article, no, that is not happening, that is not 
That is some sort of right wing BS that the numbers are they're 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 oh, padding the numbers. Well, All right. Sounds I don't like know from, what to think. Then. Sounds like from that woman, that is exactly what they're doing. <sighs> well, and it's not impossible to believe that some states are handling it a little differently than others. Maybe around the margins, maybe completely different. But if eight, and, and I'm not a denier. I don't know if that explains. You know, uh, maybe the the COVID death rate is overstated by three percent. Or 10% or 20%. Maybe it's understated because all the people who died before we knew to look at it. I'm not trying to, you know, say, therefore, it's clear that blah, blah, blah. But all this stuff is very fuzzy. Yeah, the the, the number could be higher because we didn't know people were dying of corona. Um, the first European case they're now putting in December, um, which is much earlier than what they thought before. But uh, back to the people dying with corona. If 80 to 90% of people have little to no symptoms... Then the person who died of uh, being old died of being old. Don't count well, it as corona. Yeah, probably. I don't know. It's it, that's the point. It's impossible to tell. Now I'm trying to find my uh, where's my corona modeling. Um, well, anyway, I'm calling bull on the uh, interesting on the New York Times thing. It's just sensation. It's just clickbait. And I don't know if it's like anti-Trump or just they, they like the limitations or they're in New York and they're a little freaked out. You know, if I was going to be charitable, I'd say, you know, the one place in America where hospitals actually, a couple of hospitals were actually overwhelmed and, and you had a scary number of healthcare workers dying. That cannot be denied. The number of doctors and nurses huh. who are going down with this thing is absolutely terrible. The meat shortage is real, Joe. The meat oh, shortage boy. is real. Boy, we have some good barbacoa last night. Shredded beef with special Mexican spices. Ooh, so good. And now it's uh, it's come sooner than people thought. Costco on Monday said it will be limiting customers to just three packages of meat per shopper. Dang it! While Kroger supermarkets posted an alert... Kroger, Kroger. <laughs> posted an alert on the meat section of their website, which I'm, I'm on, I check daily. Uh, yeah, well, or- you just leave it up on your laptop. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's my screensaver. Yeah. Warning that it may have limited inventory due to high demand. Ooh. Grocers have been braced for a run on meat since uh in, in mid May, but it's already happened. Yeah, Costco limiting how much meat you can buy is uh is a pretty big deal. Huh. Well then it's what do do, do the uh like your fast food chains that are all open, right, with their drive throughs, do they have a different supply chain? Or are they going to run out of meat? I'm using my finger quotes. For, easy uh, now. They have attorneys. <laughs> have horse farmers. Oh, easy. Yeah. Hey, take it easy. Uh, bur- oh, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know if ground beef is an exception. It's. Uh, it, it, I don't know. Uh, there was a guy in... Quarter uh, pounder with cheese. Are they going to run out of those? Uh, California's uh, Meat Supplier Association chairman, or whoever this guy was... Um, was saying, oh, no, 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 there shouldn't be a disruption about two, three weeks ago. You know, whether he was right or wrong, I do not know. But, yeah, if Costco is limiting the amount of meat you can get, you ever been to a Costco and gone to their meat section? It's it's unbelievable. You, you, get, you get so many different cuts and animals and the rest of it, it's almost paralyzing. It's fabulous <laughs> if you are a carnivore. So here's something to tease for next. Uh, we didn't get into this yesterday. So uh, Trump went after uh, Joe and Mika on Morning Joe. I don't know if you've been following this. Oh, boy. They're talking about some poll numbers, and he was mad at them or whatever. And he, he talked about reopening an investigation, suggesting that Joe Scarborough murdered somebody. Um, so 
And it's uh, the, some of his tweets are awesome. Just freaking oh, awesome. Oh, boy. So you're <laughs> really good. Stay tuned for that. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. It's a unique thing that's going on right now where you can listen to the Supreme Court doing uh, some of their oral oral arguing live, which has rarely, if ever, been the case. So we'll dip into just a little bit of that to see what they're talking about, the, 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 uh, the ancient justices. Any of the justices, like, flies off the handle and starts to call the other ones idiots? We'll hear it live. There'll be no chance for a cover-up. <laughs> do, we, do we have the opportunity for that? ...in a program. They can't receive funds unless they affiliate with someone who will make the statement for them, correct? I think this case is about sex workers I, I don't think so, Justice Sotomayor. Um, a, a U.S. entity that opposes prost- prostitution and sex trafficking, which is the only requirement at issue in this case, can still receive... Uh, funds as a result of this court's prior decision, and they can use those funds abroad without uh, contracting or or otherwise working through affiliates. But the domestic corporation who doesn't want to speak the government's message but does want to uh, do the program can't unless it finds. Okay, so that's what it sounds like there. That sounds like the softball player lady, right? Yes, that's her. With respect, Justice Sotomayor, that, I think that was the issue in the case last time, uh, but, but that's no longer true. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Sorry, I'm sure that's available various places, but uh, it's never been a thing before where you could listen to the Supreme Court arguing. Yeah. So he's been behind closed doors, and I right. think for good reason. Well, it's, it's uh, pretty dry. And you have to like be really knowledgeable about most of the cases to understand what the heck they're talking about. Um, so anyway, it's interesting. Maybe this I enjoyed will, some of it yesterday. Maybe this will be a Supreme Court case at some point. Joe Scarborough versus his accuser. So on uh, MSNBC in the morning, they have a show called Morning Joe with a Joe Scarborough, former Republican congressman, and his Morning now Morning Joe or Murdering Joe, and his now wife Mika Brzezinski, co-host. They are now married. Well, uh, President Trump and they they have a battle with President Trump uh, going way back. You may know that. Maybe you don't. I don't know, but. He outed the fact that they were dating before they announced it on TV. But that well, was they be- were buds, then they turned against him, so he outed um, them. And-, and they spend their entire show uh, <laughs> picking the worst stuff they can find to talk about about Donald Trump every day. And I guess, does the audience like it? I don't know. Every day, same thing, the president, always, whatever. Uh, president Trump on Monday took a shot at MSNBC's Joe Scarborough calling for... It said Comcast in his tweet, but he meant Comcast, to probe for a cold case involving the accidental death of an intern in 2001. Comcast should open up a long overdue Florida cold case against Psycho Joe Scarborough, Trump tweeted. Psycho Joe. The the president's tweeting this? Yeah. Psycho Joe Scarborough, the president said, referring to NBC News parent company Comcast in a tweet shortly uh, after uh, the, the, the morning Joe was talking about his poll numbers and why they weren't good. Uh, which I find interesting that they're talking about the head-to-heads versus Biden, but I've seen no mention of the Gallup poll number, which has Trump as, at his highest polling he's ever had. Yeah, uh, of course for, not. For whatever reason, that, that particular poll is not interesting to them. I know him and crazy Mika well used them beautifully in the last election, dumped them nicely, and will state on the record that he is nuts besides bad ratings. Hashtag open Joe cold case. 
Trump added. I like the, I will state on the record that he is nuts. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what record that is, but. You know, this is uh, uncomfortably like uh, Joe Exotic going after <laughs> Carol Baskin to me. <laughs> the president appeared to be referring to the case of a Lori Clostas, a 28-year-old intern who was found dead in Scarborough's uh, office in Florida when he was a congressman. The medical examiner ruled the death accidental, saying that she'd passed out because of an undiagnosed undiagnosed heart condition and hit her head on the desk. No evidence has ever been found linking Scarborough to her death. But uh, Trump wants uh, Comcast to open it up and oh, put out the hashtag open Joe cold case. <laughs> I'm sorry. How does Comcast factor into this? I, I don't know. I, I missed, missed the parent company of... Of MSNBC or something? I don't know. Oh, in, oh yeah, NBC Com- Com- I think Comcast yeah. owns NBC. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but and does their own investigations of of possible of murder murderous yeah. uh, hosts? I don't, I don't know. But okay, fantastic. Hey, uh, Psycho Joe, show. do your Joe Exotic <laughs> yelling about Carol Baskin, but Joe Scarborough instead. <laughs> oh, that's complicated. <laughs> Joe Scarborough. <laughs> Good enough. <laughs> Oh, that's uh, that's uncomfortable. <clears throat> oh, hey, speaking of <clears throat> the New York Times, as we were, I've just been reading more of the New York Times uh, coverage of that uh, in- the so-called internal report and the projections and the rest of it. It is so wildly inaccurate and biased. The New York Times, I- I've been aware for a very long time that they're biased and and will pick facts and narratives and the rest. Th- their coverage of the coronavirus thing is is. Worse than worthless. It is blatantly misleading. It's unbelievable. Um, uh, we'll have to dig more into that. Did you hear that the NFL is going to announce their schedule Thursday? Their 2020 schedule is coming out. Nobody's exactly sure what they're going to say, huh. I guess. Well, they got to go ahead and do it, whether they use it or not. Fan-free games? I could see that. Well, are they going to butt back the date, as was rumored like a week ago, bump it back by like a month or so, then have the, uh, you, you eliminate the bye week, you eliminate preseason, and um, uh, and then you can still have the Super Bowl in February and start the season like a month late. Well, I will tell you this. It's worth keeping in mind. I have sources in a couple of pro sports leagues, uh, or very close to them, and number one, the uh, plan, the tentative plan you hear about on ESPN might be 0% likely to happen, even as they're talking about it. It's just something to talk about. And secondly, people are leaking like crazy within the major league uh, sports, the big sports leagues, um, so that if there's a conference call where something is discussed, now here's another possibility, blah, 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 that'll immediately mm-hmm. be leaked and be on the front pages. So it's really hard to know what's actually a serious discussion what's not yeah that's there, that's what happens in government all the time unfortunately uh and you know we've followed these stories through the years so if, if the president or the secretary of state or anybody ever throws out what would happen if we did this then it's headline news trump, the trump administration considers well even like if, that even, incredibly dishonest new york times story about those wild new projections that's what that was even if right after somebody asks the question somebody says no nah, that wouldn't work i guess you're right if that's the whole thing Um, it's still reported as considering doing this. So what, what various sports leagues are considering? I don't know. I'm hungry for the NBA playoffs with no crowd. I think that would be so entertaining. I would just love that. I can't even remember what teams were doing. Well, it's a long time ago. LeBron Armstrong and Getty. 
The Armstrong and Getty Show. So Dr. Gottlieb, who we uh, quote a lot and play a lot, he's on the Today Show today, and I've been listening to it, and um, he's continuing to say that the mitigation did not work as well as we thought it would. And uh, and uh, things are going to be on the rise for a while, so that fits in more with that New York Times story. I don't know. I, to me, yesterday, as I recall, he made the same ridiculous, to my mind, uh, error of saying rising number of cases indicated it's spreading faster when we're just testing, you know, multiples more than we were a couple of weeks ago. I don't know. Coming up in a little bit. A late-night joke-off about the murder hornet. Now, that normally should be a home run. I mean, that's just tossing up a big softball to hit out of the park, I would think, for joke writers, the murder hornet. But you would hope. During quarantine, you don't know, so that's on the way in a minute. Also, uh, I've become convinced that the New York Times is completely worth, worthless now. They're They're worse than worthless. Uh, as is the Pulitzer Prize, which uh, one of them went to the 1619 Project in the New York Times, yeah. which is the wildly accurate, twisted, bizarre, America-hating series of you know untruths, woke social justice crap. Yeah, I was, t- I was, t- I was texting back and forth with Tim the lawyer yesterday, because remember, he wrote a, a long article about that, pointing out the problems with the 1619 Project. Yeah, and uh, the fatal fact that, problems to my mind, and the fact that it won the Pulitzer Prize, uh, we we decided was just the end of paying attention to the Pulitzers at all. Yeah, yeah, here, here. So uh, yesterday, late in the show, we had a, a conversation with uh, Dr. Scott Atlas of the Hoover Institution, Stanford University, about uh, sensible uh, policy going forward during the COVID nineteen thing. And uh, he made a couple of points absolutely worth hearing. Let's uh, listen to clip number fifty. The idea that we must treat and stop every single infection from COVID-19 at all costs is simply just not rational or logical. That was never the goal of the policy. We have done what we wanted to do, which is flattening the curve. We must end this total isolation. It's it's harmful. It's, It's destructive. That was... uh. Oh, yeah, that was 50. Sorry. Okay, good stuff. And then, uh, well, let's just go ahead and roll 51. We shouldn't be terrified about anything, first of all, because public policy should never be impacted by fear. It must be based on the science, the data, medical knowledge, and then simply logic. Okay, Mm -hmm. so that's point number one. Point number two, there's sort of a frenzy about this, uh, this idea that we need a vaccine to reopen. I mean, you have to realize there's no magic wand out there for a vaccine. Because most, many vaccines are not 100% protective. I'll give you an example, the flu vaccine. With the flu vaccine, if you look it up on the CDC website itself, it's only 40 to 60% effective. That's point number one about the flu vaccine and a vaccine. Point number two, even with the flu vaccine, in the world, every single flu season, 300 to 650,000 people die from the flu with the flu vaccine being given. Okay, so we have to be very careful about somehow there's some magical vaccine out there. 
Not to mention, it's going to take many, many months to get a vaccine. This is not happening tomorrow and implement the, you know, giving the vaccine out. So, I mean, there's all kinds of things that are being done that are based upon sort of a lack of logic and illogical and almost, you know, almost irrational uh, sort of methodology here. The idea that we must treat and stop every single infection from COVID-19 at all costs is simply just not rational or logical. That was never the goal of the policy. That's really interesting. I had no idea of that. That would explain the anecdotal evidence I've I've been hearing about the flu shot my whole life. That explains it. It's only 50% effective, maybe less. No wonder right. I've heard so many stories of people get you know get the shot and get the flu or whatever. Well, well partly because the f- flu mutates and there are a number of strains of it that go around the world, and you do your best to predict ahead which ones you're going to need to inoculate people against, but they often get it wrong. Now, I just saw one headline that the coronavirus may be mutating and be even worse than ever, but there's a lot of horror porn going on. The other thing Dr. Atlas uh, said that I wish I'd asked for the clip, Hanson, but it didn't occur to me till now. We've been talking about how discussion of uh, clamp down versus opening up is not lives versus money, which is the utterly false and dishonest way it's being characterized in a lot of media. Because, you know, the economy, the functioning of the economy, the ability of people to make a living is critical to their health and their health care. Um, so you can't separate the two deaths of despair and addiction and domestic abuse. Even and- without that, though. Don't call it money. Call it freedom. That's that's my right as a human being in America to right. run a business. But Dr. Adlis has said, well, yeah, that's true. But there are millions and millions of people not getting the medical care they need right now. So they are tumors are growing undiagnosed. Uh, they're not having uh, cardiac procedures. There are thousands and thousands of deaths um, directly because people can't get medical care. So the idea that it's lives versus money is just so incredibly stupid. It's lives versus lives. And, and the people who are, are, are in a phony way, or maybe they're just ignorant, saying it's lives versus money, are uh, they might be sacrificing far more lives than they're saving. I mean, to that uh, point, uh, the Toronto Sun is reporting Ontario Health Minister Christine Elliott announced uh, dozens of Canadians... Um, uh, 35 people died in Ontario because of delayed heart surgeries. An unintended, although not totally unforeseen, consequence of hospital policies meant to put more resources toward treating COVID-19. So that's 35 in uh, Ontario alone. So what do we do? Like, cross off 35 COVID-19 deaths and say, all right, we're even. Let's see now how it looks. It's just... I would just appreciate it if people were looking at this in a more logical way. Yeah, I like Dr. Atlas using the word logic. Uh, 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 you look at the science and the logic, because logic fits into it, too. And, again, you know, that gets to the whole why, donut shows open, the donut stores open, the donut shop, but not the bookstore. There's no logic behind that. Uh, or science, right. actually. Right. Um, well, it's uh, funny that Ga- the Gavin Newsoms of the world are constantly hammering. We're using science right. and data well, and as if what... it's some Harry Potter magic spell to say those words. Well, I was going to mention that because the biggest state is reopening to a certain extent on Friday. And they announced on Friday that florists, bookstores, and clothing outlets can be open. Like there's some science or logic behind them being open Friday as opposed to day, today. There's right. not. 
There's nope. no logic or science behind the fact that the floor, the, the, the person who sells flowers can do it on Friday, but not Thursday or today. It's just the day you picked, and it makes you powerful to get to choose. I'll let you open on Friday, but not a day before. Let me reinterpret. They're saying, we realized it was stupid to have florist shops closed. Right. With ice cream shops But we have to pick a day like a week away to still hold on to some sense of power, and we're we're in charge here. We pulled the strings, because we just say, that was dumb. Go ahead and open. Uh, it, It looks really silly. Yeah, well, we're seeing through your charades. Uh, you know, we've got a late-night joke-off coming up in just a moment About or two. the murder hornet. I'm excited about this one. This is Both the first chilling time, and hilarious. First time I've thought in a while these jokes have got to be funny. Well, listen, uh, Simply Safe cannot keep you safe from uh, murder hornets, as far as I know. But U.S. News & World Report named Simply Safe the best overall home security of 2020. It's got your doorbell alerts. It's got your cameras. It's got your motion sensors. It's got everything a great home security system does have, uh, but it doesn't have the bad stuff. I, mean, I don't want a tech or a salesperson at my house ever, especially now. Well, you're not going to have that. Uh, it gets sent to you, and we'll tell you how you ordered here in a little bit. And you set it up yourself. You set it up yourself in under an hour, and your home is protected 24-7 with emergency dispatch for break-ins, fire, everything you need. That's why U.S. News & World Report did call it the best overall home security of 2020. And you can get this going for about 50 cents a day, which is amazing, and no contract, not a year or sometimes two-year contract like you end up with with a lot of these security systems. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong for free shipping, 60-day risk-free trial. Simply is spelled S-I-M-P-L-I. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong, so they know we sent you. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. I know there's some rules to the late-night joke-off. I don't remember what they are. Yes, what we will do is play three jokes from three different comedians, Jack. Mm, I, Joe Getty, will grade the jokes, and the bottom grade getter will be banned from comedy for life. I read that for the first time, murder hornets have been spotted in the U.S., so if a worldwide pandemic can't keep you inside, introducing murder hornets. As if we didn't have enough to worry about, as if things weren't already insane, the country is now being invaded by something called murder hornets. These are hornets, they're two inches long, and they kill people and bees. So, looks like we're never leaving our houses again. Murder hornets? I want to go back to the days when the craziest animal thing was keyboard cat. How did they do that, by the way? Because it was playing and it was actually pretty good. Because right now, 2020 Mother Nature is out of control. A killer virus is one thing, but murder hornets? Sounds like someone is just combining the scariest words. (laughs) That made me laugh again. Just just take a a list of scary words and put them together. (laughs) Well, I will tell you this. shark. Uh, Trevor Noah with a B, and he will be downgraded a full letter grade for being a foreigner taking uh, American comedy jobs that Americans would do. But he's still better off than Kimmel with a C minus and Fallon with the rarely seen F. It's not even a, a, a joke. I mean, it's not even a, an attempt at a joke. Murder Hornet does have a bit of a Sharknado aspect to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. <laughs> and they're not invading the U.S. Uh, exactly. Oh, they are. All Coming right. in through Washington. Yeah, exactly. The state of Washington. Yeah. Swarming across the country. How many right. dead so far? Next apple you eat, it'll probably you bite into it. It'll crawl down your throat and sting your insides. <laughs> I'm sorry, what What was your question? How many dead so far from the murder hornets? I don't know. 5,000? None. Zero. Oh, no. zero. I'm sorry. 
Yes. I, I must, have, must have misheard the story. So ranges are between zero and 5,000, <laughs> according to broadcast reports. Oh, there's a new we, model We, we could be the New York Times. We're <laughs> as accurate as they are. Um, uh, boy. Um, some information about putting on sunscreen as we head into that time of year and people are heading back outside. Boy, they certainly are where I live. People are outside and everywhere. Every year I need to hear this about sunscreen. So I don't end up getting carved on like I have in the past. Uh, among other things we need to tell you about, our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. information about about how much china was lying to the world and uh, man they're good i i i've said this a thousand times I, I hope one everybody wakes up to the fact that china is by far the number one enemy of the united states on the world stage and two they're really good really good Oh yeah, they're hey, not like the stumbling, bumbling, couldn't get you know find their own ass um, uh, Soviet Union. The, China is on top of it. They're good, and the way they handled this whole thing and ignored the virus from the beginning, recognized what it was, started buying the world's supply of masks and medicines and all these different things while denying it, so the rest of the world wouldn't have a chance to catch up. It's just amazing. We've got some of the timeline coming up later. Well, dictatorships are famously very efficient. At certain things. And they are. And they're evil. And they're good at their jobs. Uh, speaking of evil and good at his job, Gary Busey, the great Hollywood actor. He's evil? <laughs> no, he's probably just nuts. God, I loved Gary Busey when I was a kid. I just thought he was the best. He was a fine actor. He was half nuts. But, I, like the, I like the Buddy Holly movie. If you really wanted Nick Nolte for your movie, but he was just outside your budget, you'd give <laughs> Gary Busey a call. Hey, and fair enough. Uh, but he's uh, involved in an exciting new project. Let's hear about that. Clip number one. Loud! That keeps him up. Oh, sorry, I'm not... Sorry, sorry. Starting over. Here he is. Well, he's Idiot. got a great point there. And the sign that says, No snakes allowed! That keeps him out. No dogs allowed. No locusts allowed. No munchkins allowed. None. Whatever you don't want in there, in your hotel, put the sign up that says what's not allowed. I understand, Your Honor, but I just want to point out that he never, until arriving at the hotel... Uh, just, yes, that was the person calling Gary Busey Your Honor. Here, I, here we go with I'm the rest of this. I'm completely confused. Here we go with no, the I'm, I'm liking the way this is unfolding. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Hotel ...said that he was going to be bringing snakes with him, and all those other pet owners stayed ahead of time... So this was a their surprise. Room. It was a surprise, and there was over 30 snakes in that box. It was a lot, a lot of snakes. Surprise! So How does that feel? Not great. <laughs> Gary Busey, pet judge. Gary Busey, pet judge? (laughs) That's right. Gary Busey is the judge on a new pet-related court show. (laughs) 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 Oh, oh boy. You know what? That sounds so terrible, it sounds good. I'm watching at least three episodes of it. Uh, The... (laughs) The, the third voice you heard in there who jumped in, surprise, that is stand-up comedian Mike E. Winfield playing the role of bailiff 
Um, and uh, and yeah, this uh, this seems uh, delightfully silly, and I will be watching some of it. Where is it available, Sean? A- excellent question. Let me let me. Uh... Gary Busey's the judge. It's amazing <laughs> so many people from Donald Trump's orbit that have gone on to do to continue to do well from Celebrity Apprentice, the world. Whether it's Meatloaf or Gary Busey or Dennis Rodman, uh, they're all doing very well. It'll there. be on the uh, the Amazon Prime. There you go. Oh, Fabulous! Oh, I have that. free two day delivery. You too can watch. <laughs> Pet Church. Well, you're. I'm sorry. Did I? Uh, what? what uh, I almost never mind. Gary Busey, Pet Judge. Oh boy! Finally, I'm going to go around <laughs> the horn. It's just hard here. to imagine that somebody sat down in a trying to come up with ideas conference room. Uh, how about if we had Gary Busey be a judge, but for just pet related cases? I love it. Let's do it. <laughs> I really feel like I've missed my calling. I'm wasting my time in my life doing this silly radio show. I was born to be a TV judge, uh, but I'll I'll never I'll mm. never be one, and it's okay. But I feel like I missed my calling. So, quick round the horn here. A number of news stories that y'all absolutely ought to hear about. Governor uh, Pretty Pretty Gavin Newsom of Cal Unicornia has announced uh, loosening of various restrictions around the state. Um, and he's trying to make it sound systematic and smart and data-driven, but it's really just a concession that his uh, his lockdown has been arbitrary, one-size-fits-all, uh, illogical, and, and frequently ignored. So he's backtracking, but trying to make it sound good. The New York Post with an editorial that's absolutely fabulous about the wrong, the wildly wrong 1619 project. Getting the Pulitzer Prize is a joke, but it's now being used as the basis for uh, a curriculum in America's schools. Oh, boy. They're using it to teach the uh, the founding. Oh, boy. And it's just, it's utterly at odds with the facts. The idea that the American Revolution was, its main goal was to ensure the survival of slavery. That's the thesis of that 1619 yes. project, and a lot of people are taking it as gospel, and now they're going to teach it to kids. It's utterly dishonest. As UC Berkeley, of all places, Stephen Hayward, a historian, puts it, the American founding had an indispensable role in making slavery a central political problem for the first time in human history, of dragging it out in the open, saying we need to deal with this. At Pol- at uh, Politico, Black Northwestern University historian Leslie Harris reports that she warned... Uh, what's her name? Uh, Hannah Jones, who won the Pulitzer. Uh, what's her first name? Doesn't matter. Uh, Nicole Hannah Jones. Um, she warned her that she had this utterly wrong. Far from being fought to preserve slavery, the Revolutionary War became a primary dis- disruptor of slavery in the North American colonies. It is guaranteed my kids will be taught that either in grade school, high school, or college. Guaranteed. Right. Right. At some level or multiple levels, they will be taught that. Yeah. Well, yeah, it comes it's... from a Pulitzer Prize winning uh, piece of work. So, Oh, God. Yeah, it's just, it's loathsome. It's absolutely terrible. Uh, 370 workers tested positive for the COVID at a Missouri uh, meat plant. All of them were asymptomatic. Every single one. Wow. So they were all like, really? I've got it? That's wild. Yeah. Every single one of them. What a strange disease this is. How many of us have had it? Yeah, I sure would if, like to know. If only we knew. If only we knew. Armstrong and Getty. 
I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.